there's times where, you know, it's a, it's a hug, you it's know? A, yeah, a promise yeah. of what's to come. <laughs> You're not worth anything as a mother, because that is completely not true. All these P words that we're going to talk about, I think you still can very much do them, even if you're not a complete stay-at-home mom. It just scares me. I think it's evil. Um, sorry if that offends you. That's just my opinion. I, I don't want anything to do with it. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to Honey, I'm Homemaker. It's been a while. We're so glad you're here. But yeah, it feels so good to be back again starting season two. We can't say we're babies anymore, I guess. No, nope, we're pros now. <laughs> we're supposed to be. So previously on Honey, I'm Homemaker, we used to always share a homemaking tip. We're kind of shared all our tricks and tips. We're kind of burned out on that. <laughs> we're, 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 we're in the product development phase yeah. of trying out new ones. We've got nothing else for you on that end. But um, we decided to each share a recipe each time. So today, the recipe that I'm going to share is honey curry chicken that Eric mentioned in the last episode that is one of his favorite meals that I cook. And this recipe actually comes from my aunt Jen. She had us over for, I think, Sunday lunch one time and she made this honey curry chicken and it was just delicious. The beauty of this recipe is that it's so simple. You take cooked chicken and you add honey, curry, mustard, salt, pepper maybe. I think that's basically it. I will we'll put it in the description box. Yes. I asked her if I can share it and she said yes. Um, it's one of their favorites too. So, and then you just, yeah, make the sauce and put it on the chicken and serve it over rice. It's like the easiest thing and it is so yummy. And it's one of those recipes where the measurements really aren't important. I actually never measure. I just dump, feel like it's spicier, Jane, add more curry. Be honest. I don't follow recipes very well. No, not just this recipe. Most, most recipes most you recipes, just dump. I just dump. Well, sometimes I think I can do it better. That's what it means by cooking with love, right? Yes. Yeah, but this recipe especially, like, I don't even think anyone would need measurements. You just, if you like it sweeter, you add more honey. If you like it spicier, you add more curry. Oh, butter. Did I say butter? There's butter in there. It's very yummy. I've had it. It's amazing. She's made it for us before already. Yes, I have. I forgot about that. Yeah, our husbands go up, well, in the wintertime, this is like a favorite pastime. Josh will go up to their place. Her husband has a golf simulator in his shop and mm. they golf in the evenings in the winter and we clean That's up the dishes up. <laughs> and yak our heads off. Yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> I, like it. um, I guess since she gave you a supper idea, I'll give you a breakfast idea for this round. And this is nothing new and earth shattering, but I've been making it. I've been on a kick lately. And that is German pancake. I'll link it below. Um, but German pancakes are kind of like Dutch babies, but I make them in a nine by 13 pan. You just throw everything in a blender, blend it up and it's mostly eggs. So you get a lot of protein, even though it's like the pancake feel to it. The thing that hits it out of the park is for sure the homemade syrup that goes on. It has like a buttermilk syrup. It's delicious. And I just wanted to say my hack, cause I never keep buttermilk around is I will take a splash of vinegar or lemon juice in the bottom of a measuring cup and then top off, fill up the whole cup with milk and let it sit for like 10 minutes and that sours it up good and proper and you're good to go. I never really keep buttermilk on hand. You can buy powdered buttermilk. Mm. That's a lot easier to keep on hand. And then you stir that with water. Yes. Okay, yeah. nice, because um, I love buttermilk biscuits yeah. too. Yeah, yeah that's right. another option. Awesome. Today's topic, I think it's one that we're both really excited about. We knew this is the one we wanted to start the season off with. And we just thought before we jumped into it, if you are new or if this is your first Honey, I'm Homemaker episode that you've been watching, um, maybe you want to know a little bit more about us or we didn't even really introduce ourselves a lot in the first season. We wanted no. you guys to just not really care about us, but more about the topic. So first of all, we are cousins and we live in the same area and we're about the same age. So yeah. wait, you found a little game or what are we doing here? Yeah, Gina? I found these questions in my lap when Megan handed them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I printed them for her. <laughs> yeah, she did. We, um, it's a collaborative effort. The way we have done it 
for these episodes is we just start a Word document and we just like either word vomit on paper or just Snapchat back and forth like, yeah. and brainstorm out loud together. So yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Favorite color to wear? I would say mine is either black or pink. <laughs> White, because Josh likes it. Favorite coffee syrup? Mine is brown sugar cinnamon or just straight up maple syrup. You know, I hate vanilla ice cream. I'm like a chocolate girl, but honestly, I love a good house-made vanilla syrup. That's my favorite. <laughs> favorite season? Mine used to be spring, but the older I get, the more I love fall. I know that's so basic, but hey, it's true. So Yeah, I'm living the dream over here. Fall. Fall always, always, always has been. Least favorite chore? Mine is definitely mowing the yard. It's dirty and it's noisy and I just hate it. Some people would dream of mowing your yard, Jada. You're ungrateful. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just do not enjoy it. It's okay. I haven't mowed a yard in three years and I would like to, so... <laughs> We can come mow mine anytime. Oh, man. Yeah, Josh Josh makes... Eric does most of it. I push mow in the small areas where he can't get the riding mower mower into. So it only takes you like 20, 30 minutes, but still. So basically what she's saying is winter is her favorite season after all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fall like whenever you can stop mowing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think my least favorite household chore is probably dishes. Favorite chore? I don't mind folding wash. Grocery shopping. (laughs) Guilty pleasure baby name. I don't know. I like so many names. I guess Finnegan because it's just cute and I just love the name Finn, but I can't use it because I already have a Finley. Yeah. Wow. So do you regret the Finley? <laughs> no, I love it so much. We actually call him Finnegan sometimes. Oh, well, then there you fun. go. But I just, I just love the name Finn. So I think mine would be Penelope. I love that name, but I couldn't do it to my daughter and um, Lennox, but you can't have a Lennox box. So. Oh. dream job in another life oh i don't know so either owning a coffee shop slash cafe or i used to work at a bank and we go for training and i always thought it would be kind of fun to be an instructor because you're kind of like a teacher but you're teaching adults and different people all the time and it's kind of like a formal setting i don't know i just thought it seemed kind of fun nice i uh am living my dream job i would say but um another one would be maybe event planning with people who have unlimited budgets and don't know what they want and just let me run with it. That would be really fun, I think. If you had to move to another state tomorrow, where would you move? Texas. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. It just seems like a place to go. Yeah, it seems like like-minded people. Yeah. You can kind of do what you want. I yeah, don't know. There's That's so much funny. room. Wow, that was not planned. No. Uh, dream vacation. Wait, I had my dream vacation in Jamaica the other year. Um, so just duplicate that, I guess. Exactly. No, I would love to go city hopping in Europe, especially like the Netherlands and Switzerland, like the cities though, not just like, well, no, I want to see the countryside in Switzerland too, I guess, but I just love to people watch. South Africa would be the other one. But anyway, uh, night in or night out. I'm going to have to go with night out because I'm pretty much in all the time so (laughs) same absolutely same same and i love like having it on the calendar ahead of time so i can like look forward to it for a while first yes that's it yep okay very good rapid fire there we go so we lined on a few of them i guess it's not like one of us is girly and one of us is like tomboyish and one you know we both like our crafty things yeah way we both like to be athletic in our own way we are so much alike but when it comes yeah i don't know that we definitely have differences though yeah and our priorities might be a little bit different and stuff like that and also we're kind of in different seasons of life so that's kind of interesting too but today's topic is about 
being keepers at home. I think this is this is a phrase you can find in the Bible, and I think it's often very um, misinterpreted or that whole verse in it, it says that women should obey their husbands and should be keepers at home. And it sounds very countercultural. It sounds very undesirable in some ways if you just look at it through like modern 2022 eyes. So yeah, we're going to just delve into that a little more, unpack it, talk about it, and talk about ways that we can be keepers at home. I looked the verse up in the Christian Standard Bible, and it actually said the word homemaker instead of keepers at home. So I think we are right in our niche with there this we topic. Go. Yeah, this should be like the theme verse of our podcast. Our it should talk be, really. Show, whatever, really. Yeah. I, I love that verse, actually. Titus 2.5, and this is the Christian Standard. To be self-controlled, pure homemakers, kind and submissive to their husbands, so that God's message will not be slandered. I just find it fascinating that this world, this culture kind of looks down on homemaking and being a keeper at home and they look like very down upon it because one, it's not exactly the biggest moneymaker, you know, um, but I would like to proposition that it is actually a role that is very powerful. You are the gatekeeper of your home. You're like the knight in, sh- not the knight in shining armor. What am I thinking? Like the, the woman in the apron. The hand that rocks the cradle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But no, you know what I mean? Like you are like standing there with your flaming sword, mama eyes, like not letting anything come in that could hurt your family. You know, and I feel like that quote, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. It totally speaks to the whole idea that a woman can totally set the tone for her home. Um, And yes, of course, we're coming at this from a traditional view. We are Mennonites after all. Um, And I think what's really neat is that we have an advantage of our, our culture really values like women staying at home and it's very much the norm. And so it doesn't feel countercultural for us as much. I know some of you are probably having to make kind of countercultural decisions. If you do decide to stay mm-hmm. at home, people think you're weird or whatever. But I hope that today's episode can kind of make you feel like hold your head high and feel like your job matters because it matters so, so much. Yeah. So we're probably not going to get a ton into the submission part of that verse. That's probably like a whole other topic, but I find it interesting. And this thought is not original with me, but how a woman is applauded if she goes to a traditional nine to five job, works for a corporation and basically submits herself to a boss who doesn't have her best interest at heart necessarily. And their bottom dollar is their bottom dollar. I mean, that's their, their goal is just to make money. But yet when a woman chooses to stay home and submit herself to a husband and a family who loves her and cares about her and wants the best for her, then then she's laughed at or mocked or looked down upon because she's belittling herself in a way. And I just think, how can that be? I don't know. It might also stem from the devaluation of children and how like, yeah, people don't look at that role of even having children as being very honorable and Obviously, if you're staying at home, raising the next generation, that's super amazing. But I have a whole bunch of P words to help us kind of describe our role as a homemaker. And we're just going to, after that, go into ways that we can be a gatekeeper in all the different areas, a little nitty gritty. We might step on some toes. I don't know. Hopefully not too bad, but (laughs) I guess we can take it, right? We have thick skin after season one. (laughs) Yeah, little steppy steps, not going to hurt anyone. (laughs) I'm just going to read over these. The role of a homemaker means you are prepared you prioritize, you plan. And with plan, I wanted to say, it's not just like roll over and die at the pain point. You think of ways to solve the problems. You know, if you're right now, what we're dealing with is some reluctance to go down for nap time, you know, throwing fits that they don't want to go down for nap time, but yet absolute bears, if they don't, I'm not going to say who, but you know, if they don't take one, you know, instead of just like wallowing in it, complaining to Josh about it when he comes home from work every day, which believe me, I did. I did that a couple of times, but like think, okay, how can we troubleshoot? 
and change the situation, right. you know? So being strategic in that area, not just letting life happen to you, but actually plan and prioritize those things that are important to you, which we're going to talk about a lot of priori- prioritizing here in just a bit. Um, and then the other three P words were protective or like that mama bear, you know, type of role. Powerful, which we talked about already. And prayer. For me, I sometimes totally undervalue that. Yeah, me too. That is one area where I am constantly trying to do better at, but yet never getting better, it seems. <laughs> and I just want to say too, before we get too far into this, that I think that being a homemaker and staying at a home, a mom staying at a home with her kids, I think that's best. Like I do honestly, truly believe that that's best for the family. However, we live in a fallen world and that's not always possible. You know, circumstances are different. Each family is different and you got to do the best that you can. If it's not possible for you to stay home, if you have to work, that's fine. Like, that's okay. You can still do a lot of these things um, and within your role um, as a mother, you can't always have the best case scenario all the time. You know, maybe there's a season where you have to work and I think you can make that work and still fulfill your your role and your calling from God. You know, real life can get in the way of like the ideal sometimes. Right. And I don't look down on people that are not in the same situation I am. I know lots of actually single mothers yeah. and people that are really making their way in the world. And it's not easy. I'm sure they'll tell you that it's yeah. not. And they definitely deserve a place of, you yeah. know, respect as well. We don't want to be so idealistic and hold yeah. up this, elevate this to a standard where like, if you can't be in this position that you feel like you're not worth anything as a mother, because that is completely not true. All these P words that we're going to talk about, I think you still can very much do them, even if you're not a complete stay-at-home mom like Megan and I. Yeah, we are super like spoiled and blessed to be surrounded by mothers and grandmothers and like cousins and friends who all kind of do the same thing in some ways. Like we have support, we have mom friends. Yeah, we have like a cultural almost expectation, like. We'll talk about this in our money episode next, but there's not really this expectation that you, of course, you go to college, of course, you know, and just like that path, maybe it's more the other way, which can be kind of dangerous too sometimes is that you're going to get married, then you're going to have a job, then you're going to have kids, you know, there's kind of a different expectation and maybe that's not always healthy either. I think we view being a homemaker as a privilege. There's another P word for you, but it's a privilege and it's a, it's an honor and it's kingdom work really. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and we're all homemakers, even if you're not a full-time homemaker. You're probably still a homemaker because women don't get off the hook usually. No. They they come home from work and then the homemaking starts. Yeah. Why don't we get into some ways that we can be keepers at home, aka guardians of our home, the keepers of our home, what we allow it to come into our home, all that. So what came to your mind when I said, let's do this, or when we decided to do this topic? You know, I'm the one who's supervising my kids' screen time, mostly. So I'm the one who decides what they watch and what they don't watch. That's a big topic. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Anything, any helpful tips that you have or shows that you do feel are worth the time or things that you've done? I know you've like cut back on screen time at different points in your life. And how did you make that happen? We are back and forth with it right now. Jack's in school. So Finley thinks that he needs screen time and it is a long day for him to fill his time. So he gets... He's almost five, right? And yeah. he's at home. So he gets a lot more than Jack does. And um, he likes to watch like Blaze the Monster Machine on Netflix. And that's a cute little show. But I don't want to, I don't, I'm cautious to mention shows because I'm sure someone's going to have a problem with, oh, with yes, all of them. So I, well, yeah. I don't want, yeah. But I don't know. I just think you have to be really careful. They were watching one the other day or Finley was. And I don't know. I just didn't like it. Like I didn't like the vibe. I thought it was like, maybe not, it would have been fine, but it, he's not even five like it was just aimed 
higher than his age level. So I made him turn it off and he wasn't too happy, but you know, that's my job. That's my privilege yeah. to say, all right, that's enough of that one. Or if I see they're watching something and then their play is too boisterous or too violent, you know, I can usually tell what, what needs to be cut out and yeah. And that goes the same thing for all media, music, books, everything. Yeah. And you know, we, you might decide to guard your home in a different way. Like me and Gina definitely do that differently. I actually don't give my kids screen time. It's not a discussion. They might watch like a couple minutes of a football game on a Sunday afternoon before nap time. They get bored of it and move on. Um, it's not something that we do yet. And I'm really excited at some point to do like family movie nights, talk through things we disagree with, things like that. But right now I just haven't put it in. That's great. What Gina does too is great and probably a little more attainable for a lot of people. So you have to just, just like, that's where your privilege is as a mother right. to decide what you want to, you know, I have to deal with maybe bored kids more often and like have to come up, let's go to the craft store and spend yeah. money on crafts or whatever. Whereas you have to deal with more of the I said no, Policing we're done now. Yeah. yeah, please. Exactly. It's pick your pain point. You I know? will say that my kids, despite having screen time, are some of the most imaginative, creative kids you will ever meet. So that's why I feel more okay with giving them some screen time because their imaginations are just like, you know, they're so creative in their play. If I would see that them sitting around when they're not watching screen time, not knowing what to do and not knowing how to play, that would be very scary to me. But I definitely do not see that. If anything, they they're just insane and crazy. So <laughs> yeah, they, they have the, right now they're playing with, they have families, their little matchbox cars are their family unit. And oh. they talk <laughs> about big families and they're constantly like the mom's having another baby. And like, I don't know where they like get this stuff. Yeah. It's like these little mini families and I don't know where they get that, where they get that. But, um, yeah, they definitely are not lacking imagination. That's so cute. This is a really hard point to be a lazy mom and monitor it well like it takes effort to like like know what your children are reading or like when they bring a book mm -hmm. home from school like who wants to read it you know and stuff's gonna get past you don't guilt yourself like too much like things are gonna get past you like I've already with my own hands checked out books from the library that I totally regretted because we get to page six and it's like what in the world did they slip into these children's book yeah a book that's supposed to be like you know edifying and whatever but you know they the world likes to slip stuff in whatever yeah. they can so yeah it's really that's a that's a one that takes a lot of like vigilance and you know it's great that's why i think recommendations are nice because it sometimes feels like other like-minded moms have kind of vetted yeah. some of that stuff yeah. so i like to look at those lists sometimes and you still have to make the decision for your own family Right. So media, we just talked about that. What else? Um, I was, I had to think of food. It just, that's a very small, but very practical one as well. You know, you get to decide, are we going to shop organic? Are we going yeah. to eat meals at home? Are we going to go out to eat more? You know, and maybe if you work at all, that might play into your lifestyle a little bit more too. If you enjoy cooking, you know, how much from scratch are you going to be cooking? Are you going to demand that your kids eat all the food? Yeah, we differ a lot on this one. Yeah, like you guys had to grow up. You cleaned your plates, right? We did. You had, and do you make your boys clean their no. plates? No, like I'm raising my kids very much differently in regards to food than I was. Like, we're pretty lenient with it. I do wish my kids would eat more vegetables, but the problem is their father does not enjoy vegetables. So it is very hard to make your children eat healthy if other members of the family are not willing to do that. And that's, I mean, it's, yeah, I can't control what Eric eats either. I can make healthy, well-balanced meals. And if I do serve stuff, they may they mostly eat what I make. So that is in my control. Like if I serve them a hot meal, they're going to eat it. So yeah. as far as like, yeah, like lunches or snacking and stuff, um, we're pretty lenient. Like Eric likes to have 
sweet stuff. He loves sweet stuff. So I, you know, guard that as much as I can and not just have it overflowing. But I'm also going to make the guy a chocolate chip cookie every now and then. Hey, it's homemade. Right, exactly. Or, you know, they like a soda every now and then. And that is something I'm pretty strict on. They can't just have a soda whenever they want. But every now and then, you know, if Eric has a drink with dinner, a soda with dinner, they're going to want one too. And every now and then we allow that. So yeah, I mean, I grew up, you grew up that you had to clean your plate. I did not necessarily. And I'm not like that with my kids. I teach them to eat till their belly tells them that they're full, yeah. which I know that's not technically correct. You should probably stop eating before you're full. My kids are still growing. Neither of them have a weight issue. It's oh, like yeah. you eat and think I try to teach them mindfully to eat until their belly tells them that they're full. And so Ivani's always like, I'm going to stop right before I'm full. So I still have room for, you know, whatever mm-hmm. she thinks is coming for dessert or whatever. But then just like another way around having a picky eater husband. What is up with that? I have the same thing. I don't know. Josh will eat asparagus, green beans, and peas that are hot. And then everything else, he'll eat like cold broccoli and cold cauliflower and cold carrots. Like, yeah, Eric will eat salad and, and like, like it. oh, Josh loves salad. Salad yeah. and raw veggies, but he doesn't prefer any cooked. Yeah, no, I'm not, like nothing. I can't do any like California blend. Oh, so good. Nobody won't I touch it. I love that. It's yeah, nope. yeah. So my way around this, definitely try this at home, especially if you have preschoolers, it's really easy or easier to do this is you don't want to raise picky eaters. Um, and I can say this. I'm not bashing Josh. I'm a, I was a picky eater too. And I feel like my taste buds really only grew up in my 20s. But yeah, um, what I do is cook the things that I want my children to learn to like for lunch. Josh doesn't really like the sheet pan dinners, like with the sausage and the roasted vegetables, the sweet potato and things like that. But I'm trying to get my kids on them. So I'll make that kind of thing for lunch. And that helps a lot too. But another difference that made me laugh is I grew up when my mom bought a bag of candy, it was gone, like right like that. Um, It was like, what, there's candy in the house? Like I remember one time she came home from Sharp Shopper, it's like a discount store with this big bulk bag of chocolate roses. And they were in the back of the fridge and we ate them within like a day and a half. And there was four kids at the time that would be eating. I don't know. It was ridiculous. It was this huge bag. And mom's like, see, this is why I don't buy candy because we just devour as fast as we I can. I feel like I very rarely buy candy and yet it is always in my house and I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> well, that's <a> concerning. <laughs> well, like just, oh, we had that first reunion, the reunion the other day and my mom sent them home with like big bags of candy. And so now they have this candy yeah. and they do ask me usually, before they have a piece or two. And I usually allow, you know, that once or twice a day. But yeah, I hate policing the candy thing too. It'd be so much easier just to get rid of it completely. But anyway, if your husband's a little bit like mine, he was like, well, we always grew up with a candy dish. Why don't you buy candy? Like I never bought anything at home because then I would just eat it. And like over the years, it was a candy dish. Like we would just like keep some stuff in, like especially like hosting. I love to have York peppermint patties after a meal. Try it sometime. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's the spot. A York peppermint patty and, you know, freshens your breath. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But anyway, our candy dish has turned into a candy bucket. And it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. But I found it works that way, too. Like you can pick your poison, either have no candy around and buy it once in a great while or just keep it on hand. We pretty much always have some kind of candy on hand, but then it's a great like reward for something or things like that. And I feel like they don't just devour it. They're also young, so they know they're not allowed to just go take whatever. Okay, maybe we can move on from the candy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we've exhausted It's really it. like one of the least of the issues, honestly. Yes, it honestly opinion. is. But I did want to bring it up that it's something, it's a very small issue, but it comes out it's, around three times a day. It's, it's a like, small issue, but it's a huge part of life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think... Yeah, being intentional. Try the meal planning thing. If you don't like it, that's fine too. Go to the grocery store and let it speak to you, you know, whatever. But I did want to acknowledge that with the whole candy bucket and things like that, you know, you are your keeper at home. You are like the shepherd and everything, but you have a husband too. And so obviously you're not his parent. 
that's going to definitely play into things as well. And you might have to make some compromises. It might not be like what you would necessarily want for every single thing, but you know, right. do your best and brush off the rest. That's, yes, very true. As a homemaker or a keeper of the home, we're inadvertently in charge of the way our home looks, like how clean it is or like the clutter you allow into your home. And this is actually a big pain point for Eric and I because he would prefer to have lots of things and he doesn't mind clutter. I cannot stand it. So I'm constantly throwing things out and he's constantly getting mad at me for throwing things out. So we are working on it. Um, I tried to like, if I want to throw, if I get the urge to throw something out, I will like put it in a basket and put a bunch of stuff in a basket and have him go through it or just take it up to the shop. Wow, respectful queen. I try because that's his <laughs> domain. And if it's up there, it's out of my hair and it doesn't bother me. But I don't know. I just, I'm in my home a lot, like every day, almost all day. So clutter just drives me crazy. He's not home as much, so it doesn't bother him. And he gets well, and very annoyed. you're picking it up to clean right. it and setting yeah. it back down he again. He gets and very annoyed if he goes to look for something and it's not in the middle of the floor where he put it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that is something I feel like interesting. I need to keep control of as much as possible while still respecting his desires. Yeah. And my husband doesn't notice like home decor and stuff really. He will notice like I think if the room looks like clean and maybe like the lighting is cool, like maybe cool candles or like I put up a new string of fairy lights or something. He might notice something like that. It looks a little different. The atmosphere feels a little different. But yeah, he doesn't care whatsoever about decorations. He thinks that plants are in the way and like yeah. whatever. Um, But he tolerates it. It's fine. He knows that I like pretty things and I think he's glad I like pretty things, yeah. you know. Um, But yeah, that whole capacity of your home like how much stuff do you want to have around and if you can't manage it i think sometimes like if i have too much stuff around or there's just always this box sitting in the corner it's like just getting out of hand and clutter yep. breeds clutter you know it you have yes. like a box in the corner and like you just oh i'm gonna take that to wherever the reuse it store or something and mm -hmm. it just gets piled up with other stuff and then it's just like this jungle that you have to untangle if i have it like that's this happened before i've had areas like that and then i get grouchy about it and then josh gets kind of grouchy about it too like we'll, we'll deal with it i don't know where the stuff goes like yeah. whatever and if we're kinda... gonna yeah if we're gonna have a fight it's gonna be over what he can't find and if i throw it out <laughs> oh man things like why do we fight so much about stuff <laughs> but yeah that's that's what we're gonna fight about yeah i guess i mean yeah and that i think there's another thing you have to troubleshoot and each little individual pain point when it comes to that too like mm -hmm. you know maybe it means putting a toothbrush upstairs and downstairs i don't know different stuff like that i don't know but that whole atmosphere is definitely something we can have control over i had to think of the atmosphere of our home when our husband does if your husband works away from home when he does come home from work how is he greeted or you know are you handing him the screaming baby and like stomping off to your room to just like put your head on your pillow and give up for a couple minutes, which is fine. You can do that some days. <laughs> I mean, I feel ya. Or like, yeah, are you treating him like an absolute prince when he comes home and you're like taking his shoes off and rubbing his feet and like, <laughs> that's not, I'm not- I have like, some work to do. <laughs> I'm not on that side of it either, sorry. But yeah, I try not to have like this giant honeydew list that I hit Josh with when he walks in the door. If I think of something that's like burning a hole in me, I'll just actually text it to him, which most of the time he doesn't even look at it till later anyway. But like, you know, cause I just know like if he walks in the door and I'm just like we have to do this and this and this tonight be like yay why did i bother coming home yeah. you know i know i could do better at being a more cheerful greeter uh the boys are usually pretty happy to see him i do try to not like tell him all the bad things the boys did that day immediately when he gets home because that just puts them against each other right away and i want the boys to be happy to see him and him happy to see them so 
if there are issues, I try to either talk about it, like text him before he gets home or like later because he doesn't want to hear all their discipline issues right when he gets home. Yeah, they want to like their own children, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and I think too, there's been seasons in my life where I wouldn't even turn. I mean, I might say hi or something. I wouldn't even really turn. I just keep stirring whatever was on the yeah. stove or something like that. And what I found is like such an ideal thing. It, you might be surprised when it comes out of you is just turn around and give him a hug. And like, there's been times where I just turn around and give him a hug and just start crying because it's just been <laughs> such an overwhelming day. Like whatever. Or there's times where, you know, oh, it's a, it's a hug, you it's know? A, yeah. Promise yeah. of what's to come. <laughs> You're both excited to see each other, you know? Um, it can just, you can tell a lot about how that person's day was without any words, just with a hug. Yeah. Um, and it's something I try to do more often now that I've realized the power of that. Yeah. Another thing we are in charge of is the people that come in and out of our home. And how much and how often yeah. and how late and how early. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have some really good neighbors that they have two little girls. Well, actually, Natalie's nine or 10 and Evie's Finley's age. And during the summer, they play together all the time. And they're good girls. I like them. I like their family. But they're not um, raised quite the same way I would choose to raise my kids. And also Natalie's older. So she's you know exposed to a lot more. So I have to be very vigilant. Um when they're playing together, make sure they're always within earshot or eyesight. And also there was a time summer of 2020 when no one was doing anything. They were together constantly, like first thing in the morning they were over. And I eventually had to say, okay, look, we need to put some boundaries on this. Um, we need to enjoy just family time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And also the one rule that we have is they're not allowed to come in our house unless I invite them in, which I very rarely do. They can play outside. Um, and my boys are not allowed to go in their house. Um, maybe once or twice they wanted to show them something but like i don't they know they're not allowed to go in their house but they can play outside because i feel like i can see them better i know what's going on and yeah just we live in a cul-de-sac we follow the same rules pretty yeah. much that you said it can be a lot harder when you have family members that you feel like you have to monitor the interaction with your kids and stuff like that another blessing i feel in our family yeah. is like so far i feel like i can trust my kids around all my family members and things like that but honestly if you have friends that you don't really trust your kids around their kids. Their standards are completely different than yours and you just feel uncomfortable. Trust your mama gut. It might yeah. not be the easiest thing, but, and you don't have to necessarily be mean. You can just kind of phase yourself out if you have to, which is rough. Maybe we should do that friendship conversation um, sometime, yeah. but we won't get into That's that today. That's not something I've really dealt with, honestly. Yeah, I'm very, very grateful for it. But yeah. I've heard stories and I just know people who have dealt with that. I just can't imagine, yeah, you know, having step parents and like, you know, I don't know, just like yeah. all that. And I think it's something, too, that I've been kept in mind. Just because they're family doesn't mean they're trustworthy always either. Like, right. you do need to still turn on your, you know, critical thinking skills and exactly. stuff. So um, another thing with the holiday seasons coming up and stuff, we are very much in control of the capacity our family has of, like, doing things and how mm -hmm. busy we want to be. And do we just want to stay at home all the time? Um, I feel like that's very much more praised in some ways. Like I go, go, go. And sometimes I feel like I'm shamed for it in some ways. Like, why are you always going? But like we did, we said no to like soccer and little league and stuff right now. Like we're not doing any sports mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, but yeah, we do like to go away weekends. And often if there's something happening in an evening, we get FOMO if we don't go. So we'll yeah. go meet up for ice cream yeah. with grandma and grandpa or like whatever yeah. comes up on the plate. But yeah, you can definitely get burned out that way. But I also don't think the answer is to either just to stay at home with your own little family 24-7 all the time on this little tight yeah. compound either. Yeah, well, speaking of holidays, like, you are in charge of your little family. And if there's, like, six family, extended family reunions on the same day, 
it's your job as maybe that's a Mennonite thing. Probably right? it's probably a Mennonite problem. But, or like <laughs> maybe if you have a smaller family, but there's travel involved to go see them. Like it's your prerogative to choose your nuclear family. Is yeah, like where you go when and what you say no to. And I don't think you should feel guilty for that. Like yeah, you make a wise decision. Try to be fair between in laws and your side or whatever. But yeah, you can't do everything. And you don't want to run yourself ragged, especially during the holiday season. So I think it's wise to pick and choose and rotate. You know, maybe this year you'll do this family and next year the other family. And I think we would yeah. like to do a simple holiday um, talk sometime in one of our episodes. So yeah. we won't get into it too much. But yeah, your Christmas is not wrong just because your friends is like twice the size and they spend three times the money and everything. Right. You, know, you get to decide what each holiday is going to look like for your family. And something I think that I've drawn a hard line on, and it's been easy to draw this hard line because I'm from the Mennonite culture. This is pretty much what all Mennonites do is we do not do or have anything to do with, we do not fraternize with Halloween. I get this question every year. So I wanted to put this in um, this video. Yeah. What do you have to say about that? Well, I just, the whole thing just scares me. I think it's evil. Um, sorry if that offends you. That's just my opinion. I, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, and my boys know that. Like, we drive down the road and they'll be like, <gasps> don't want to look. And they overreact a little bit. But, like, they'll sometimes I've heard them say, oh, that person, you know, is bad because they have Halloween decorations out. And I'm, I said to them, no, that's not what that means. They just maybe they don't understand. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they they don't think it's as big of a deal as we do. It doesn't mean they don't love God. It doesn't mean they're bad people. They might not love God. That's not for us to to know or decide. But Jack thought that we should go knocking on people's doors that had Halloween decorations out and make sure they know about God and that that's evil. Wow. And I said, well, I guess we could, but I also don't want to get shot. So (laughs) we're not going to do that. But I mean, good thought. Like, yeah, yeah, like instead of just judging them, go tell them why you think it's wrong, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But and I think it yeah. is hard for some people that do the innocent side of it or the part that seems more innocent. They've grown up, you know, doing the candy. Like it's a fun thing. I yeah. think it looks like fun. The costumes. Oh, my word. I would like the costumes look so fun, um, you know, and the candy and everything. Our kids eat candy. And yes, we buy the Halloween candy off the Walmart aisles because <laughs> it's on sale. I'm a good yeah. night here. We buy things when they're on sale. Or even like pumpkin you know? carving. Like what could be wrong with that? But we just choose to not have anything to do with it because if you do look into some of this stuff. Wow. And see, I've carved pumpkins. Have you? I've never. Yeah. I we had a pumpkin carving I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. Obviously, it's not. Like, God made pumpkins. It's not wrong to carve them. But if you look into, like, what a jack-o'-lantern means, and maybe it's not true. I don't know. But the symbolism behind it, I just, it's something I'd choose not to do. Yeah. And I, like, try not to be like, oh, my goodness. It's so, like, be overdramatic about it. Yeah. But, like, we were just at Party City, and I told the kids, hey, you know, this time of year, there's going to be a lot of Halloween decorations and stuff in there. And I didn't say don't look at them or anything. I just said, <laughs> and you don't have to look at them if you don't want. They're probably kind of scary. And once you see something, you might imagine it later or something. And of course, my little three-year-old, he's like, I like Halloween stuff. And like, you know, he would look at all the masks in the store and mm-hmm. giggle at them. And, you know, some of them are pretty crazy. This very but day. I just like brush it off. I'm not going to yeah. be like, you know, if I'm so like hardcore about it they're just going to even be more curious yeah. so i just try to be pretty low-key about it altogether. we just don't celebrate halloween and we say i t- i just tell them that halloween um 
is not something that has anything to do with Jesus and which I guess neither does Valentine's Day technically, but whatever. <laughs> Love. Right. It's just ugly, honestly. It's aesthetically it's, it's ugly. <laughs> but there's you so much like orange. There's so much more to that. But today we were driving to drop the boys off at Eric, Eric's work, and they someone said, I think it was Jack, he's or Finley goes, skeletons are bad. And I was like, Finley, you have a skeleton. You are a skeleton. <laughs> you are a skeleton. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, we just don't really like hang them in our trees. We don't glorify but, death. and like, yeah, yeah, but it was just so death. funny that he had no idea what a skeleton even was. Yeah. And I think it's something very sobering is that a lot of bad things do go down on Halloween. A lot of bad things go down other days of the week too, right, other of the year but, too. But yeah, yeah, anyway, so that is our stance. Do with that what you will. I'm not trying to like... Um, proselytize to you about what you should do about Halloween, but... Well, once again, we're saying, like, that's the whole point. It's your choice. Like, you're in charge of that. You get to do the research and decide what you're going to do for your family. Yeah, and you can be the gatekeepers, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of weight involved, and I feel like sometimes as when we talk about the weight of being a homemaker and a guardian of our home, we can feel a lot of mom guilt because we don't always get it right. We rarely always, you know, rarely get it right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we definitely need to pray against a spirit of like shame and guilt and just get up every morning and like, we're going to do our best. And maybe just this one area today, maybe this one area we're going to do better and feed the kids, the vegetables or half an hour less of screen time today, you know, start small. That is something I want to do with these episodes coming forward. I want to like challenge you with what can you do different today? You know, you just listen to like a 45 minute podcast talk show, and I hope that it was fun and entertaining, but also I think you should go and do something differently or try right. something a little different. And you have to decide what that is for you and best wishes, right? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> what, what's yours going to be? Greeting my husband more cheerfully when he comes home from work and try the hug thing. Be very conscious about even just making eye contact sometimes. You know, I'm stressed out or I'm making dinner or whatever, and I don't even acknowledge that he walked in the door and I'm ashamed to admit that. So, yeah. I've had seasons like that for sure. Um, I think for me, this just popped into my head as Jaina was talking earlier, but we were talking about screen time. We don't do that, but we do books. And I think I'm going to be more intentional when we are reading books to, I just like want to get the book over with and get done so we can go to bed or, you know, I don't enjoy the sitting down and reading books to my kids. It makes me yawn. Yeah. (laughs) I just see the work staring at me and everything, but I want to be more intentional with when there's a life lesson or something we can talk about, or do you think that was a good thing to say? Or like try to um, bring out life lessons that come up because sometimes when there's life lessons in real life that come up, you don't have the patience to deal with them. You just want to like solve the problem and move on. Right. So that's something I'm going to do this week. And yeah, thank you guys for being here. Yeah. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.